You're listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. This show was created for entrepreneurs, business owners, marketers, and dreamers who want to learn from the experts of today and drastically shortcut their own success to build a business that supports their dream lifestyle. Since 2011, Tyler Jorgensen has been interviewing business thought leaders from around the world. A serial entrepreneur himself, Tyler also shares his personal insights into what's working in business today. Welcome to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. Welcome out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. I am deeply honored today to have what many consider would be the godfather of business podcasts and entrepreneurship podcasts. So, uh, out on the show as a guest today, John Lee Dumas, the host of Entrepreneur on Fire, the author of The Common Path to Uncommon Success, contributor to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, and a prices Right car winner, probably the most important bullet point. Welcome out to the show, John Lee Dumas. You've done your research, Tyler. I love it. That was definitely a fond memory, uh, sinking a putt on the prices Right, especially after Drew missed his... And then walking out of that studio with a car. That's pretty awesome. I have followed your journey from your early days of just getting started. And so I'm so excited to talk to you about who you are and what you're doing in the world of entrepreneurship. When was the moment that you realized, like the first time you realized that you were an entrepreneur? It wasn't until I was 32 years old. I mean, I don't have those stories of like growing up and like, you know, ripping flowers out of one neighbor's garden to sell them to the next neighbor. I mean, I was. The kid that literally would mow one person's lawn, get $20 for it and be like, I'm good. I can take my girlfriend out to a movie. I can buy a baseball pack of cards. Like I'm good to go till the next payday comes next week. Like I was not an entrepreneur and I was looking at sports and fun and hanging out. And it wasn't until I really kind of went through the ringer in my 20s of being an officer in the army for eight years, trying law school, corporate finance, commercial real estate of saying, well, that's not really for me. So what else could be for me? And that's when I was kind of exposed to the world of entrepreneurship, literally by going to Amazon and typing in best entrepreneur books. Because I was just like, I just need to learn. And like, I remember this big box of books shows up and it was like, Think and Grow Rich and you know How to Win Friends and Influence People and like just all the classics. And I just read, read, read. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Let's go all in. Uh, I, I like that you got there through the process of elimination. And I don't think you know my story, but the flower story is literally one of mine. And so I that don't was, know uh, that. That was I, amazing. I was actually making fun of Gary for that because he talked about <laughs> that all the time. That's, uh, yeah, that, that was my, my vibe, my style <laughs> for sure. A lot of people that will be listening may have heard, they probably listened to your show. They've probably heard of you a little bit. They've heard you interview a ton of other people. But for you as an entrepreneur, what was the one what was the one of the earliest, like biggest mistakes that you faced? And how did you overcome it? I faced a really big mistake very early on that honestly, you know, almost sabotaged my entire entrepreneurial journey because I went all in on podcasting. I was like, I'm launching the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. This is back in 2012 when most people were just like, what's a podcast? And I was just going all in on this. And I was just like, no side job, no side hustle. Like this was it. And I had to figure out a way to make money at some point. And I can just remember being like, well, this is the product that I think people need. And it's kind of a complex product. So I won't go into super details. I've talked sure. about it before, but I mean, it's kind of detailed. And long story short, it just flopped. Like nobody wanted it. 
looking back, I know exactly what was wrong with the actual product and the presentation and all of the all of the above. And ended up being a blessing in disguise because it would have taken me down a really difficult path had that product been successful because of what I was promising and what I was going to be delivering. So it really was a blessing in disguise, but I also learned a lot of the wrong ways to launch a product. And, and at that point though, I was like, well, if this doesn't work, what will? I probably need to go back and get a day job. So like that was a pretty low moment. It was, you know, in 2013. So like within a year of launching the podcast. And um I can say that I was like, well, I don't know what's next, but I'm just going to keep getting up every day and interviewing an entrepreneur and hopefully something comes up. When you were just getting started, was it hard to fill the pipeline with guests and and get ahead of the production timeline? It was very difficult because I was only getting about 15 to 20% yeses um, for every single big batch of requests that I would send out. And then I did end up stumbling upon what ended up being a pretty ingenious idea, if I must say so myself, which was I went to Google and I typed in top entrepreneur conferences. And then all of a sudden, the top you know, 15, 20 entrepreneur conferences from that year, the previous year, the next year all came up. I just went to the website, clicked the speakers tab and saw, okay, there's 10 speakers on this conference. There's 20 on this one. There's 150 on this one, X, Y, and Z. And I said, well, if these people are willing to fly cross country, stay in a dingy hotel room for three nights and get up and speak in front of 45 to 200 people for 45 minutes, like what if I pitch them to say, hey, I saw you spoke at this conference. Instead of doing all that you did to, to do that, why don't you wake up tomorrow morning, brew yourself a cup of coffee from the comfort of your own home, stay in your bathrobe. Because by the way, my, my show is audio only. I don't even need to see your face. And we'll talk about your area of expertise for 20 or 25 minutes. How does that sound? And my yeses started going up exponentially. Also, you know, my quantity started going up because I was able to, to reach out to so many people because now I had so many basic targets that I could go ahead and reach out to. And that really got me over the tipping point of saying, okay, now, I, now I'm comfortable. Now I feel good. Now I really feel like there's enough people in this world that are willing to be a guest on a podcast that can sustain just quantity-wise, a daily podcast. I think it's it's fascinating, the idea of going to where the lists are already created and aggregated, right? That's going to massively increase your the interest list rate, right? Who's who's going to respond? In um, With a podcast, there's really like three products, right? There's the podcast that you're, you're delivering, that you got to produce. There's the guests that you have to get on. And then there's the monetization of it, right? You have to grow your audience, you have to get guests, and you have to try to do, make, have that make money. What's been the hardest piece? I'd say the hardest piece is the monetization. Definitely the hardest piece. And it's, it's definitely seemed to be the hardest for individuals that have also gone down this path before, during, and after me as well. You know, through running Podcasters Paradise, you know, we've done this now for nine years and we've seen, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you know, launch successful podcasts. But one of their biggest struggles, again, is how do we monetize in a meaningful way? And so that is definitely, I think, the biggest struggle for a lot of people because there's, you know, some inherent value of just saying, hey, my show's free, listen to it. Okay, that's not that hard of a yes. And there's some inherent value of saying, hey, I've got listeners, come talk about what you're a genius in for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Like, okay, I can do that. But then, you know, saying, hey, I've created this thing, give me your hard-earned money in exchange for this thing, that's always going to be difficult. So monetization's it's a challenge no matter what 
you know, platform you're on, no matter what industry or sector you're in. And are you still doing Podcasters Paradise if people want to learn how to do it? We do. We've been running okay. Podcasters Paradise now for nine years. Podcastersparadise.com. Awesome. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, your podcast is gone, your social media is gone, your, uh, your websites are down, and you've got to start over from scratch. Would you do everything the same or what would you do differently? Do I still have all my money that I currently have? Yeah, yeah. The bank, the bank's oh. still there, and you still got the nice house in Puerto Rico. No, man, it's it's retirement time, baby. I'm done. I'm sailing into the sunset. I'm not trying to recreate the wheel. I'm not trying to rebuild the empire of entrepreneurs on fire. I mean, right now, it's an amazing cruise control. I mean, I work five days per month on the business and 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 enjoy doing it. By the way, because I get to speak and you know have a great conversation with amazing people and. It's just a great system right now, but I'd kick back down here in Puerto Rico and trade my crypto and you know look at all my NFTs that I have and then say, you know what, what's next? And if nothing comes up, then nothing comes up. But uh, I would not jump back into the uh, the podcasting space. I think that's an amazing type of freedom to where you're not you don't have to have panic over that, right? You get to do this because you're still enjoying it, not because you have to. And I think that's probably the goal of every lifestyle entrepreneur. Maybe not every business owner, but every lifestyle entrepreneur, I think that's the goal. Um, tell us about the common path to uncommon success. So the common path to uncommon success is my first traditionally published book. I had just crossed 3,000 interviews and I said, you know what? I've learned so much from the world's most successful entrepreneurs. I want to take that knowledge that I've learned that I've applied to my own business now for a decade and making it a multi-million dollar a year business for you know nine years in a row now and help other people on their path. I want to kind of write the book that I wish existed when I first launched my business and didn't have a clue what the next step would be. So I just took those 3,000 plus interviews and the knowledge that I gained from that and created a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. So if those two words are something that are interesting to you, check out The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Which of the 17 steps trips up the most people? I'd honestly say step number two, which is discovering your niche. Because everybody can come up with a big idea, which is step number one. And then they usually just go all in on this big idea. And then they wonder why they get destroyed by competition because it's a big, vague, broad idea. And everybody's had that idea. If you really are able to successfully discover the niche within your big idea that's underserved, that's ignored, there's a void in that marketplace for any number of reasons, and dominate that niche within your big idea, that's how you get the initial momentum and traction. It's amazing how the you have to have abundance mindset to really embrace the niche because it's scary. It's scary to say that certain people aren't who aren't your audience anymore, right? You you have to trust that going niching down is actually going to help you grow faster. But you're right, I see that people struggle that in in e-commerce in whatever their business is in. Picking a niche is super hard. I know you guys are really big on picking an avatar and an individual that you're speaking to. Is that part of that niche process? No, that's actually a completely different oh. Chapter in the, okay. in the 17 step process because it needs its own full process because it is such an important part of the journey. So it is part of the 17 steps, but it's not the same step as the niche. Awesome. I was going to ask you about budgeting your day and your time because, but you basically already said, hey, I, I work five days a month on this. Yeah. Those five I, days, though, I work harder than 99% of human beings. Those five days. 
And then the other 25, 26 days a month, I'm working not at all. So less hard than any human being (laughs) that's doing anything productive in the world. It's like the complete Occam's razor. Like you're like 80, 20 into it to a T like, yeah, I'm all in or I'm all out, which I think is the smartest way to work. Right. Because the in between is what's going to kill people and really what zaps energy. There's so much waste. There's so much just unproductivity during, you know, just sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to be here for the next eight hours doing something. With the debate that's been happening over the last couple of years of is work from home more or less productive, you know, and I'm like, well, it usually comes down to how well structured the person is because whether the remote or in person isn't the real problem, right? It's their organization, how well they're being managed and led, uh, and then their own desire and willingness to work. I like that. Yeah. What's next for, I mean, Entrepreneur on Fire, since it is still here, the website's still live, the podcast is still going. Anything new coming down the pipe? A big fat question mark. And I like it that way. Like I like having the freedom and the flexibility and the agility to jump on something when I feel like it's the right move. And right now that doesn't exist for my business. So you know, we we are actually and have been for a couple of years now cutting things out of our business that are just kind of not the highest ROI, that are just kind of time sucks, bandwidth sucks, and just really honing to a razor's edge, like keeping everything that's our high profit, our high, like real clear cut revenue generators, and then just getting rid of everything else. So we're ready if and when that next opportunity comes. Cause we're just, you know, entering this different world. And like I mentioned earlier, I mean I'm big into crypto. I'm big into NFTs. Like I believe that Web3 is the future. I believe Metaverse is going to be playing a huge role in our future. I believe in NFTs and smart contracts and the blockchain. I think there's going to be a lot of losers in that space. And there's going to be a lot of winners in that space. But I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities in that space. And it's going to be exciting to see it unfold. Completely agree. It's uh, it's an exciting thing to see at the beginning of a, of a massive transition and arid shift. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, you know, when the last big thing happened was the internet, like of this level of this scale. And I was 14 years old. So like I was not in a position to do anything. And I look back and I'm like, oh, if I had just had like 10 like more years, like I could have like been buying like, you know, redsox.com and like all the early things that like, you know, some smart people were doing back when people were just like, what is this like internet thing? And like now that I'm, you know, in my 40s and, you know, financially rolling, like I'm just in a place where I can really take advantage of Web3 um, and get to trade carefully because there's a lot of ways to, you know, get destroyed by Web3 too, just like pets.com. I mean, you know, you can talk about a lot of things in the internet space that was a complete disaster and flop, but it's still an exciting time to be alive. Completely agree. As a lifestyle-based entrepreneur, I don't think that this is going to be a harder question for you. For some people, some of my entrepreneur guests, it completely throws them. It's our last question. What's one item on your personal bucket list that you're going to accomplish in the next 12 months? Going to Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah. I'm that going there you. in uh, three weeks, actually. It's going to be cool. <laughs> I, love, just- I love that you know the location. It's coming fast. That shows that you're, you're in alignment with, you, with, well, with the lifestyle. Just, I, you I've always loved history. Like I read historical fiction nonstop. Like right now I'm reading about um, Genghis Khan's entire life in a fiction format, but you know, pretty true as much as they can gather from that. And so going to Istanbul, which is, you know, 
used to be called Constantinople, which used to be the center of the Ottoman Empire. Like to me, like that's like living in the past, which I love doing. I love going back to the past. I mean, I love living in the present moment because I wouldn't want to go back to those days of, you know, no toilets and showers and electricity and no internet, you know, God forbid, but I don't want to go back there, but I love, you know, just exploring the cultures of old. Absolutely. I love, I'm a huge fan of travel, especially to old cultures. I think it just, it helps us understand ourselves better. Well, JLD, John Lee Dumas, super grateful for you. Thank you for setting an example in the, in the publishing space and for uh, being so consistent. Grateful for you coming out on the show. For all my biz ninjas, wherever you are listening, watching, streaming, whatever it may be, it's your turn to go out and do something. Thank you for tuning in to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. What you didn't hear was one more very important question that Tyler asks each guest. If you want to be a fly on the wall when the real secrets are shared, go to bizninja.com slash VIP and get your access today. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And our one last favor, if this episode was meaningful to you, please share this podcast with a fellow entrepreneur so they can grow along with us. Biz Ninjas, it's your turn to go out and do something.